I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. Well, this is a new era for Celtic. Um, Andrew Postoglu has signed as a manager. A lot of rumours been passing the last few weeks. Uh, joining me this week is Robert, starting off with Robert. It's finally announced that it's happened. How did it happen? Now we've got the big hand. So I'm looking forward to this new year starting kicking off now, mate. Definitely, Ryan. It's, it's been a long way, hasn't it? I think it was about 105 days at the end. Um, we just needed a bit of closure on the manager front. And now Angela Postagoglu. As the manager, we need to back him as supporters. We need to back him as a board and hopefully it's kicking on a new era and a new style of football and some exciting times back with some exciting signings. Let's hopefully. The ten's gone now. We can move on for it. Let's just see a new era and a fresh start for everybody, I'd say, after the disaster of last season. I think that's the thing, mate. It's a new era, a new start. And this season could be... I'm not saying bigger than the 10, but financially, um, it's quite a must. And we've got a special guest on the podcast this week. Uh, we've got Harper, who is on our Where to Begin podcast in Australia. He's going to fill us in on, obviously, Ange. Um, he's basically all about him, because we don't know much about him back here in Glasgow. Um, Harper, how's things, mate? Um, I know you've got your own podcast, so how's things back in Melbourne? Oh, yeah, uh, it's great to be with you guys. It's our uh, first Saturday evening out of lockdown here in Melbourne. But honestly, nowhere I'd rather be than your podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on you guys. You run a great show. Uh, I've listened to a few bits here and there. And yeah, it's really an honour and a pleasure to be on. I'm looking forward to filling you in about uh, Big Ange, as you Scots say. <laughs> oh, I, I, I really appreciate that, mate. Thanks a lot. Um, I, Big Ange, Robert, as Harper says, which obviously we've had a lot of rumours about him and... He's, people have said he's a nobody and I think people are, a lot of people are coming out now and saying he's not nobody he's actually very experienced and blah 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 he's done a lot of stuff back in Australia and in Japan and stuff so what was your first kind of obviously your first thing is it's a gamble Robert but every management is a gamble so what's your first thing thinks about, about the new manager? To be honest with you Ryan I didn't know much about him when the rumours started the first thing I done was got up slightly earlier than I normally got up for work and just started trolling the internet and YouTube and looking at journalists and ex-players. And I just, before I joined anybody, knew 
you've got to know information on these people. I feel as you could say British Scottish people, if you don't know somebody we've got us arrogance is in or they're an obdy or a dump one, they're, mm-hmm. they're hopeless. I just feel you've got to broaden your horizons on stuff for us. You've got to give the guy a chance before you judge him. I mean, for what I've read on him and what I've seen on him, he's a success everywhere he's went. Whether he gets that time to implement that at Celtic, maybe a different, he's got to hit the ground running at Celtic. It's a completely different kettle of fish when it comes to managing. Celtic is 24-7. If you have not anything about Celtic, you don't know anything, you just need to look at ex-managers and players that tell you it's, it's hectic. It's a completely different lifestyle and the fans demand success from the first whistle. Um, it's how he handles that sort of stuff because as a manager, he seems to have got time at places. He seems to have been a success, but will he get that time at Celtic or will he get it quickly off the mark? But that's all got to do with what players he can get in, what system, what players can buy into his system and style of play. He seems to play a high intensity, um, winning the ball back football, kind of a similar to Liverpool, because that's what he was saying on his, mm-hmm. some of um, his interviews and stuff. Um, and he says I like to rotate the front three because that's where a lot of injuries and stuff happen. So what I've read on him and what I've seen on him and what I've heard about him, I'm really excited because it's, it's it's completely out of the box for Celtic. It's different, obviously, with the disaster that happened with Howe, but for me, Howe just didn't fancy it. He looked at it and thought, too much pressure, can he handle it? And obviously a lot of other things happen behind the scenes that we'll never know about, but if you really wanted a job you can sort these things out and I don't think he was up for it. As we call him, Big Ange, he's taking it and he's striding saying, aye, I'll take the challenge, give me it. And that's what I want. I want somebody that wants to be at the Celtic and take the challenge. And I'm excited for what the guy could do because it's completely different and the way his style of football is, to me, feels like that's the Celtic I want. I want to be going out in high pressing and high intensity and in people's faces. I feel we've lacked aggression mm-hmm. under Neil Lennon. I feel we sat our players too much and gave them too much respect, whether it be Europe, whether it be the Glasgow Derbies. I want players in there that's not giving anybody a minute's rest. That's what I want, and that's what I think this guy could bring to us, whether he gets the time and money and effort to do that. It's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Well, as you were saying, talking about obviously the how, um, Simon Jordan was on an English station, Harper, um, Talk Sport. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, and he was basically saying that Eddie Howard was a coward. Uh, Eddie Howard, sorry, Eddie Howe was a coward. Um, that he's basically no fancy that, as Robert says. Um, it's a massive opportunity considering where they are at the moment. It's a rebuilding job. Um, and as Robert says about the Glasgow Goldfish, um, it's hectic, it's 24-7. It's not like your studio job where it's maybe every few weeks, every few months, and... Basically, he's going to get absolutely antagonised everywhere he goes. It's a massive, massive job here in Glasgow. Do you think that's something he could take any stride and handle, no bother? Look, this guy, Ange, he is... I feel like it's a huge club, obviously. One of the biggest clubs in the world. Uh, massively supported club here in Australia as well. But this job is almost the perfect job for him, I'd say. This guy is built as a manager to thrive off pressure and to thrive off doubt and hate even from like he's had from Celtic fans. Like I, I've hardly heard a single fan Celtic fan that's uh, been 
kind of optimistic about this appointment. But at almost every club he's been at, Ange Postacoglu has been under pressure from the start, but he's built off that and developed a, I don't know if you can call it an empire, but he's developed amazing football teams everywhere he's gone, really. And um, there was a time in the mid-2000s, Australia had an old league before the A-League called the NSL, uh, and he was viewed, he was a manager at that time, obviously, he was viewed as a bit of a a relic of a bygone era in that NSL era. So he he couldn't get a job in the A-League because he was viewed as maybe it's too harsh, but he maybe he was viewed as a bit of a footballing dinosaur per se. Um, but he ended up getting a job at Brisbane Raw, guided them to two titles and pundits labelled that team Raw Salona because of the way they played. They played like Barcelona really. And that's only half a joke. Like if you look up YouTube clips of that Brisbane Raw team in the early 2010s, it's phenomenal the way they played. Uh, and the pressure, obviously, it is something that is just on another level at Celtic. Uh, I don't know the culture as well as you guys. I know a bit about it, but you guys are living in it. And he he's not going to be used to it. Obviously, he's, it's like nothing he's ever encountered. But I, I think he is built in the right way as a manager to handle this kind of pressure and thrive off it. Because as you say, he might not be used to this kind of culture and stuff. It's it's very hectic, eh, Harper. It's uh, it's twenty four seven. Your fans are always in your back. If you draw, it's a disaster. If you if you if you get beat, it's just out the question. Um, for me, Robert, if it doesn't start very well, as fans, because of the situation they were in, and the financial gain of qualifying for Europe next season guaranteed, they will get a bit a bit agitated if he's no really top of the league close to Rangers by, by Christmas the fans will maybe saying listen something's going to happen here but I generally believe that the more I'm coming towards watching him on YouTube and the way he talks he's dead relaxed and I think he I think it'd be good up here a little bit he'll take the shit off the media by the looks of it I don't think he'll let the media basically throw him which I think is maybe good for Celtic because some managers are yes men Celtic sometimes I don't think he looks a guy that's going to just say yes I think he's the sort of guy that's going to come in and put his own stamp on things and whether he says he'll get the time I don't know if he'll get the time at Celtic but we can only sit and wait and see I'm excited for it Ryan just the full fact is he's different he's he's going to do things his own way I just hope that the board give him his own backroom team I think that's a key because there's rumours that obviously the Celtic backroom through last season is going to be there this season which I think, again, is tying the guy's arm behind his back if you do that. Um, the full fact is he wants to implement his style of football, but they could be restricting that yeah. in a certain way. Um, I just I hope that the behind the scenes when house deals collapse that Big Ange has got, obviously, his backroom team that he wants and he's identified players, there's rumours as there's two Japanese players handed transfer requests in um, a defensive midfielder and a, I'm sure it was a left back now it was the other one. I did see the two but as soon as he left they handed transfers I read it but if he wants these type of players and he knows these type of players then we've got to go out and give him the type of players, you know what I mean that's that's the thing, we can't the Celtic board has been accused of making signings behind managers' backs. We don't know whether it's true. We've heard all these rumours. 
some snippets have said it's a hundred percent true with Rogers came out with a Sped deal mm-hmm. and saying he didn't want a guy. Um I just hope now with Dominic McKay and that coming in as a new as a new chairman, um he's gonna obviously give the manager the reins to implement his style and implement his coaching staff and then obviously bring the players in that he wants because in the old way last season didn't work. There's too many players that were just coming in and just making up squads mm-hmm. numbers. There wasn't anybody coming in and getting right into the starting eleven and I think we we're getting a r a lot of players this season so we're gonna replace them with quality we can replace them with similar. It seems Harper that um, the way you've just started talking about him that he seems the type of manager that can build teams from basically nothing and build them, like he says, to an empire. And I, I, I'm not saying that Celtic need a total, total rebuild, but they do need a bit of, a bit of a shuffle and a bit of a rebuild because last season to Celtic standards was a big failure. Um, do you think that's the type of way he is? He'll, he'll come in, he'll get the backroom staff, not just the backroom staff and the cleaners, right up to the first team players. Do you think he'll just come in and sort it out his way? Yeah, look, I'm not here to completely praise the guy, but that is almost exactly what I think he's going to do. Almost every job, again, that he's done, he has had that kind of situation. And uh, when he was the Socceroos boss, uh, he came in as manager of the Socceroos, the national team, uh, eight months uh, out from the 2014 World Cup. And uh, the Socceroos had come off the back of uh, consecutive 6-0 losses against France and Brazil. Uh, so they were in dire, dire straits. Um, and he basically did a bit of a cull. Uh, he, he got rid of legends of the Socceroos uh, to start this rebuilding project. You might have heard of from English football, Lucas Neal and Mark Schwarzer. Mm-hmm. Those two are some of the biggest icons in national team history. Uh, both played... Uh, Schwartz maybe over 100 caps. Lucas Neal, I think, had 96 caps. And Lucas Neal was the captain. And he basically told them, look, guys, I'm trying to embark on this rebuilding project here. I'm trying to kind of uh, get some fresh blood uh, into the team, uh, blood, blood some younger players who will be there for this rebuilding journey. And uh, he's done it with other teams as well, like uh, at Melbourne Victory, um, the club he was at before the Socceroos, he, in his first season, he got rid of club legends uh, for people who know anything about the A-League, Grant Brebner, Carlos Hernandez. He, he got rid of Harry Kuehl as well, who you would have heard of. Yeah. Uh, he axed them for Melbourne victory. Uh, so he's not a guy who's afraid to um, make big decisions or decisions that won't be uh, kind of viewed as the right thing to do by everyone. He's going to do what's right by him. This guy is so stubborn that it can be his downfall at times, but it's also one of his big strengths. He's not willing to change his ways at all. And he hasn't been wherever he's been. And he's absolutely not a yes man. He's far from it. The opposite of a yes man, I'd say. I think that's definitely suit us, Robert. Um, as much as Harper says it can maybe be a, a negative effect, but for us and for me personally, we need a bit of ruthlessness. We need somebody to say, listen, you're not good enough. See you later. And I think that's under Neil Lennon. As much as we wanted to keep our best players, even though they didn't want to be there, because we thought that they'd become good in the end, it didn't happen. 
And I think if that is the case with Big Ange, we're calling him, he comes in and just says, listen, then Charm, you're away. Farcash, whoever it is, Ayeti, whoever it is, you're not good enough, see you later. And I think that's what we need. Just a bit of somebody to come in and say, listen, see you later, let's get this rebuild started. And I think he seems to be, to me, Robert, that character who maybe could do that for us. That's We've needed somebody with a ruthlessness, Ryan, to come in and just rewrite the script, should we say? Tear it up and say, no, you're comfortable, you've been here six years. Just say, for instance, I'm not picking any beat on, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying somebody like Kim. You've been here six years. In my opinion, you're not good enough. There you go, I'll start the problem. I obviously okay. big, uh, big Ange Harper. Um, he's come in now, and obviously a lot of former pundits and players um, have been talking about him. Obviously, for me, he is a massive, massive rebuild to come in. But if they're saying good things about him, like Paul McStay, who obviously a lot of Celtic fans have heard of, is a legend here, he's been speaking about him. Um, so for me, it's only going to bode well from coming in because if he's saying good things about him, then he must be a top coach. Yeah, honestly, I could hardly name someone. There are a couple of pundits that have gotten his bad side a bit and aren't the biggest fans of him uh, here in Australia. But other than that, he's basically universally adored here in Australia by players and fans and staff and the football community as a whole, really. And uh, like you said, you hardly hear a player saying a bad word about him, which can only be a good sign, really. Um, the the only way I could see a player not like him is his his ways are so extreme, his philosophy is so extreme of uh, he wants this super fit, finely tuned athlete uh, who works hard and plays his style. So if a player doesn't want to commit to that style uh, and doesn't agree with Ange, Ange being the stubborn guy he is, there could be a bit of a potential for a bit of a falling out there. Um, and obviously, like I said before, he's willing to cut legends of the club and stalwarts. So that people could get him on his bad side that way as well. But other than that, universally adored pretty much. Because I think that's interesting you say that because as Robert says earlier, that back here, we don't know much about him. Um, but for me, Robert, if obviously a lot of former players are going to always speak highly of managers that have been successful under, but a lot are coming out now in the woodwork and saying how good he is and he's like tactics, he's, he's attacking pronouns. And for me, Robert, that's only going to be well for us because that is the Celtic way of playing football, the attacking style, scoring goals. If you score seven, you'll score eight, uh, score eight. And I think that's for me, that's the way I want to see my teams play. Definitely, Ryan, just high intensity attacking football and smothering teams type of thing um, is a new way of these teams are the big European teams like to attack teams. Um, and I just like to see that. The only thing I'm a bit worried about them is if we get into Europe and we play, see, like a bigger team, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that style of uh, when to sit back, kind of like Brendan Rodgers was in Europe for this round. I don't yeah. know how that fair. Like, Brendan Rodgers tried to go toe to toe. Harper with Barcelona and PSG, and I'm like, right, we're Celtic. We've got a budget a quarter of the size of their youth teams. <laughs> What's going on here? And sometimes as a manager, you've got to have the tactics to know when to attack, know when to sit. I don't know how he would be on that side. Is he just all out attack, Harper? Or is he 
kind of a shrewd in how he does it? Being the stubborn guy he is, he's never changing from his attacking ways, no matter the situation, no matter the context, really. Uh, we're chatting off air about uh, him uh, taking the Socceroos to a World Cup eight months after he was appointed. This is a very, very average Socceroos side, even by Australian standards, mind you. And the Socceroos took the game up to the Netherlands. We're beating the Netherlands uh, and dominated, well, not dominated possession, but had more possessions than the Netherlands, who were the reigning uh, runners-up from the World Cup before. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, the Tim Cahill goal from that 2014 World Cup, um, that amazing goal that I'm sure lots of people are familiar with against that the Netherlands in that same game. But the context around that goal, uh, people might not necessarily know this, but Ian Robin for the Netherlands had scored 30 seconds prior and uh, straight from the kickoff, basically, uh, it got fed out to the right-hand side. The right-back, who was Ryan McGowan, you might be familiar yeah. with. He's played in Scotland a bit, Ryan McGowan. Ryan McGowan sent a looping ball from inside his own half to just inside the box uh, where Tim Cahill scored that uh, memorable volley. So it's attack from the kickoff, attack at all costs. You, you'll be taking the game up to or trying to take the game up to Bayern Munich and PSG and Liverpool and all the big teams. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I guess what I would say is that when Bridget Rogers was in charge, you said he employed a bit of a defensive style of football in Europe, which well, he is... Actually, I guess, he was too attack-minded. Oh, he didn't. Okay. Yeah. He was too attack-minded. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd say that at, at times, yeah, the stubbornness can be his downfall but it can sometimes that the risk can sometimes pay off uh because this attack-minded football has got him far and it's got him to where he's where he is now at this massive club Celtic yeah. uh the biggest move in Australian managerial history so if it wasn't for him being the way he is he wouldn't be in this position so I think they're the board has employed him for a reason. They know what they're going to get with this guy. Yeah. Because it's, it says, obviously, uh, Robert, Peter Lowell says that they've tracked him for a while, right? I personally don't believe that, Robert. Um, I just think it's a smoke scene because if they tracked him for a while, why was he not employed when Rogers left if this was the guy that they wanted? Do you know what I mean? Again, we don't know what goes behind the scenes. Um, but Harper, seen it comes to, obviously, Australia, um, obviously I don't know much about Australian football but I, I know that he took over quite a as you said a very average team and he got him into kind of winning mentality again and kind of doing well for a country do you think he can do that with Celtic Celtic have had a winning mentality it's to kind of lower a wee bit this season but do you think he can install that back to the team again certainly uh, wherever he's gone he's won trophies sometimes it's taken him a while which is the big risk, really, uh, of him at Celtic because it's win at all costs, win every season or you're gone, basically. That's the mentality that the board is most likely going to have. But I think th this guy's got big ambitions wherever he's been. He he wanted to, uh, when he first took the Socceroos job, he, he was talking about uh, this might seem, he said it, it might seem unrealistic to people, but he said he wants to win the Socceroos World Cup. So 
I guarantee you that he uh, thought we've already crossed his mind about how he can win Celtic trophies in Europe. Winning the Scottish League for Celtic, uh, obviously it's not something that's happened every season, like this season just gone. It's something that has been disappointing. Uh, But winning the title is easy in in comparison to winning a Europa League or winning a Champions League. But I've got no doubt that he, uh, he would have been hatching a plan on how to bring it up to these big teams in Europe. Uh, you've got history in Europe 54 years ago, winning that famous European Cup, of course. And uh, he's going to have big ambitions and big dreams to achieve something like that again, however unrealistic it might sound. No, I think Robert, that's, that's something that we want again. Um, is obviously a challenge of Europe because we have been disappointed in Europe. Uh, even though Rodgers, I know he qualified, Robert, but as you say, he went to the with PSG, playing two ringers in a new camp and whatever else, and that's something that you can't do because we're not going to win against these teams. You need to just try and get a goal and sit in. If you do get beat 3-4-1, you take it. But I like that idea, Harper. Uh, so for me, Robert, if that's the way he's going to come in and try and make his bet in Europe, it's only going to help us in the future. Most times in Europe, Ryan, we should be attacking teams, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It's only the elite that you go, well, we need to watch because these teams have got absolute superstars that can break you open in settings. Um, but it's just, this is the thing, Harper, what sort of budget has he worked on at these teams? Has he always had very, very minimum to spend? Or when he goes to sell it, we'll have this big transfer budget that might suit his style and might go, right, I can attract better players and better quality of players as he always had to work on budgets at these teams. He's been in salary-capped leagues wherever he's gone. The A-League's a salary-capped league. I believe the J-League is a salary-capped league as well. So he he's working on, yes, a budget, really, when it comes down to it, because if you spend over the salary cap disqualified basically so he's always had these limits on him I think uh being at a club like Celtic or a club uh, of which he's never managed anything close to the size of Celtic worldwide and just within the country even but uh it's really hard to know if how adept he's going to be at making signings for a huge giant European club uh, like Celtic is because quite simply he hasn't had experience of this kind of thing, but he, he has got a bit of a network. So it's going to be interesting to see how he uses that. Maybe if he brings some players in from Japan, maybe he brings in some Aussie players or he just dips into Europe uh, based on what his scouts are recommending him. It's going to be really interesting, interesting to see and uh, really interesting to see where that takes him as well. Yeah. Is he good at identifying players and stuff? Harper? Yeah. He's um, he unearthed a few gems in his time, uh, there have been some players at Melbourne Victory uh, who he unearthed. Uh, you wouldn't have heard of any of the names, but uh, so I won't dish him off, but uh, he unearthed a couple of Brisbane as well, uh, blooded new talent in the Socceroos, uh, some of which is still playing now, uh, what, seven, eight years later from when he started at the Socceroos. So uh, Yokohama F. Marinos, he, he would have brought in some new players. I, I'm not as familiar with those guys as the A-League and the Socceroos, but I know that he uh, definitely did identify talent and that took him to a title in Japan, which was unforeseen uh, for Yokohama, really. Um, 
But uh, I would say, though, it's more and more in football nowadays, you guys would know this, it's not the job of the manager as much as it used to be to identify players. It can be a director of football thing. That can be the thing for the chief scout and the scouts below the chief scout. So he might sign off on them and tick them off and uh, give Grant the seal of approval, but he's not going to be the one that's yeah. going to every game in the Dutch second division to scout out this new young talent, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's something we have lacked in it, Robert. Um, I've only had the odd gem here in the last few years, but under Neil Lennon's first spell, we had a few good gems, Harper, um, like Kyle and Cooper and stuff like that, Wanyama. But we've kind of lacked that kind of pronouns for a player since John Park left, the old scout. Um, do you think that's maybe something that, as you mentioned there, that you could bring in if you get these wee gems, maybe it is from your team in Japan or to Australia who maybe we don't know about and it could come here and surprise a lot of people? Yeah, look, like I said, uh, the Japanese league is one I'm not familiar, uh, as too familiar with as much as I'd like to be. So there'll, there'll be players there that would love to play for Celtic. I'm not sure if they're up to the quality of uh, a team that's set like Celtic demands. Mm-hmm. Uh it's so hard to compare that kind of thing, you know, but there are a few Aussies that I think might be on his mind, possibly, potentially. Uh, there's a bit of an up-and-comer in their Socceroos ranks who wasn't there in his time, but he goes by the name of Aiden Hrustic, uh, a bit of a tongue twister, a bit of a tough one to pronounce, but uh, Aiden Hrustic, he plays for Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Um, he just signed a new contract with them. It might be hard to prize him away, but he's a bit of an attacking midfielder type, really good on set pieces, not afraid to have a shot from distance. Scored a free kick for the Socceroos the other day. Actually uh, play can play anywhere in attacking midfield, really left, right, centre. Um, he might be one on Ange's mind. Uh, another one, I'm not sure uh, what the need is for a, a goalkeeper at Celtic at the moment, but something that I, <laughs> that I thought about uh, could be a potential one uh, is Matt Ryan. The, of course, played for Arsenal last season on loan from Brighton. His contract is up at Brighton at the end of this season. Uh, so if he doesn't renew his loan for Arsenal, Celtic could be a one that he goes to. He's an Australian who's worked under Ange previously. He's almost the prototypical uh, Ange Postacoglu goalkeeper. Good with his feet, um, sweeper-keeper type player, comes up really far off his line uh, when the team's on the attack. Um yeah, uh, distribution may be something to work on uh, for Matt Ryan, but he could be another one. And a final one that could be a potential uh, type of uh, new signing. I know I know you've lost Scott Brown, uh, who's hustle bustle, a bit of a um, yeah combative type player. Uh, another Aussie is Jackson Irvine. I'm not sure he's up to the level of Celtic. He was at Celtic's youth academy. I think he had one appearance for the senior team. Uh, he plays for Hibs at the moment. He's a combative midfielder type guy, good in the air, good in the tackle, hard in the challenge. Uh, I think he's six foot three, something like that, six foot two, six foot four, maybe about 190 centimeters, tall guy, uh, strong in the challenge, like I said. So he's another one. But obviously, there's this. But he's not good enough for Celtic. He was at Celtic, yeah. Um, it was okay. I watched him. He actually got man of the match, I think. We played Liverpool in a pre-season friendly over in Dublin. 
and Gerard and that was playing and he was good that day and big we beat them 1-0 I mean it was like a reserve team Celtic put out and um, Brendan Rodgers was actually the manager of um, Liverpool at the time but he never just hit the level that he was needed at Celtic and I think that's why he's ended up at Hibs you know what I mean I'm not saying yeah. the guys but you need to be a bit more better um, to be at Celtic I agree with you 100% there. Like, I'm not sure he's up to, up to the level of being a key contributor in the first team, but yeah. that, that pre-season friendly was quite a few years ago now. He's changed as a player since then. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not saying at all that he should be a person Celtic uh, yeah, should yeah. be signing, but he, it's just a potential one that might cross yeah. Ange's mind at some point. Yeah. No when it comes to the, uh, the goalkeeper, he's, actually, he's, he's been rumoured in the papers and stuff over here, um, Harper. But I think when most players who are played under managers, they always get linked into Robert. doesn't matter who they are. They always get linked. And we've always been linked with Irish players and players who have played down south who are Irish and stuff. So, But I think that the guy, Matt Ryan, if he has a free transfer, again, he's played at the highest level in the Premier League. He's played at the highest level internationally. So a free, tra- a free transfer... When he really says it's a gamble, it's more, I would say it's more a solid option than it would be spending seven, eight million pound a goalkeeper. Yep, definitely, Ryan. Mm. I think that's a position we really need to strengthen, in my own opinion. I think, I definitely. I know we've signed Barkas last year. Um, no work to do it as yet, but I'm still willing to give him a bit of time. But I think the goalkeeping situation, Harper, like you say, is Matt Ryan, could be someday that we bring in especially he's worked on the range before so it could be a, a position to fill with, uh, with Matt Ryan and he's a free transfer so it won't be as much money as it would be paying for a transfer fee yeah uh, exactly right and it's almost uh, kind of the perfect time to sign him he's out of contract free transfer potentially uh, I've got no doubt that uh, if Arsenal don't want to keep Matt Ryan on then Matt Ryan will be thinking Jeez, this is the perfect opportunity to go to Celtic. Uh, if Ange uh, wants him, is the big question, really. He's played under Ange before, like I said, but Ange might see someone even better uh, that's on his radar because when you, when uh, Matt Ryan was at the Socceroos, it's not like uh, he, he didn't have too many other options, really, because you can only play Australian players, obviously, but there's this massive market for Ange to explore. Uh being at a massive club with a decent-sized budget like Celtic. So he could uh, go for another keeper, but Matt Ryan is definitely an option that I'd say would be on his radar. So I think it's, it is a position where we need to cover. Um, we've got three goalkeepers now, but we've not really got a number one yet, Robert Hintmano. We've not saw number one for, uh, since Bill Foster, obviously, but um, we need a saw number one this season because... You know yourself, Robert, our goalkeeper's a big, big part of the, the team. And the last season's defensive record, it wasn't very good. And <laughs> let's be fair, we can't have that again this season. No, I think we lost 46, 46% of our goals for cross balls. I was telling Harper off air about it, how bad we were defensively. And I'm, I was saying to Harper, what, well, Ange came in and he says, he reckons Ange will bring a defensive coach with him to obviously work on the defence and that side of it. That should be something I think should be happening, in my opinion. Um, because obviously we've got John Kennedy here, Harper. Um, again, he's he's a coach, but people are saying that he was a defensive coach. We don't know if that's true, right? But whoever was working 
defensively with your team. For me, they, they didn't do enough because it was the same goals every week. It was the same mistakes. It was the same players. And for me, I think when Ange does come in, that was something that he need to identify quite quick because scoring goals were okay. Creating chances were okay. It's just, it's been a bit more clinical, but the defensive area is the area for me that we need to work on very, very much so because in the day, if, if you can see goals, you're not going to win games. Yeah, well, um, this is almost certainly going to anger a few Celtic fans, but there have been a few rumours flying around. I don't know how credible these are. I don't know if this is going to happen, but uh, Kevin Muscat, uh, ex-Rangers player, uh, and he was Ange's assistant at Melbourne Victory and his successor as the head coach, as the manager. There have been rumours that uh, Kevin Muscat will join Ange in Glasgow as an assistant, which will be so controversial. It's only going to heap more pressure on Ange bringing in a former Rangers guy. It's you guys know the culture there. It's like forbidden to do that kind of thing. That will spark mass outrage. I don't know if it's going to happen. It'll be really interesting if it does to see the anger, the vitriol that's going to come. Uh, but yeah, like you said, the defensive style of his play, he's an attacking manager first and foremost. He's set in this attacking way of playing uh, that he's not going to stop. Uh, he's, he's not going to give up this attacking way of playing. So obviously that comes at a cost of, leaking a few goals potentially because you can't really have the best of both worlds in that situation. Um, but uh, I think most of the goals in Ange teams have come off counterattacks because the teams presses so, the teams press so high and with uh, kind of such a vigor that they can get exposed at the back if the defense isn't quick enough to retreat. Um, and I was telling Robert off air as well, in his time at Yokohama, it happened twice in a game and a few other occasions as well. This philosophy is his takes a while to bed in, especially at Yokohama, it did. So at, at times we saw the keeper come so far off his line, almost at the halfway line, maybe even further uh, across the halfway line. We saw the keeper getting lobbed from the other half of the pitch and uh, getting beaten. So that's going to be... Uh, it's not something that's going to consistently happen every single game, but that's a bit of a weakness in his game, uh, the counter-attacking vulnerability, I suppose. So basically, Robert, what I get from Harper saying is he likes to play, he likes to play for the back, but he likes his goalkeeper to play like a sweeper, basically. Um, yeah. And for me, I, I don't mind that, but <laughs> if he's going to have the game, I think there'll be a few heart attacks next season. Oh, definitely, right. I like the sweeper keeper, but I think you've got to be something special, like a Manuel Neuer type of guy, to be that good to be doing the sweeper keeper. Even he makes mistakes, and it's great to watch, aye, but uh, I think you really need a, a good short stopper as well. I think that's what we lacked last season, Ryan. Nobody really was great at sh saving shots, was they? We never had a good short stopper or a commanding goalkeeper. And I think that is definitely a key area that I would like to see us identify and get a... If it needs to be six, seven million for us to buy a goalkeeper, then so be it. Um, but that's where our starting point, that and a centre-half. And then I think you can tweak run about the team. But we really, really like to identify players run about the areas. And I, I'm just hoping, whether it be Angie's scout network or whether it be Celtic scout network, they're 
out there identifying the players that we need because, as you say, Ryan, going forward, we're not bad. We're half decent, but defensively, we're really, really poor. Uh, goalkeeping and defence, that's what needs to be um, obviously identified and sorted. Yeah, definitely. Defensively, we're very poor. Because um, obviously, Ayers met me going. Um, Jack Henry's leaving, supposedly, as well. So, Duffy's away, so you're really on left with Stephen Wells and Julian's that's still injured. So, when it comes to defensive Harper, um, he, he will have to bring in maybe three or four defenders because we're losing a lot of players away who were on loan spells last season. Laxalk's away, from Pong's right. away, Elhamman's away, Paul Golly's coming back, but don't know if he's going to go. So, he has, I would say defensively, it's maybe his biggest, his biggest area that he might need to work on, the goalkeeping and the back four, because... We, do, we didn't really have a back four last season with injuries, with suspensions, with loan players coming in and out, players getting sold, players not good enough. So for me, he's got his work cut out this season when it comes to defensively. And I just hope that he is acting quite quick because it will take time to get that sorted. Yeah, look, it's going to be tricky because this uh, this summer uh, in Europe is... Uh, the Euros are happening, obviously, so it's tougher to sign players that are away on international duty uh, in that kind of situation. I think an, another big priority for him will be the the fullbacks. Uh, he his fullbacks in Postecoglou teams are very very attacking, and some sometimes can be the cause of uh, conceded goals because uh, they just bomb up the field. And he demands a high work rate from all his players, and especially. The fullbacks, uh, like I said in that Ryan Gowan example, the fullbacks attacking from the off, really. Um, and the defenders, he wants them to be ball playing defenders, good with their feet, obviously be able to um, retreat in defense quickly to stop these kind of counter attacks. And hopefully, uh, he gets the backing of the board to sign the players he wants, because I, I would be very surprised if he signs the players that he wants to sign, he will bring success to Celtic Football Club. I think that's the thing, Robert, isn't it? That he has to have the say at everything. Um, but I think he wouldn't come here without that, just by going by his demeanour, the way people are speaking about him, that he's ruthless and he's not a yes man. I don't think he would come here. Again, well, I'm just talking maybe for a positive aspect. I hope he doesn't come here and just take whoever it is that's uh, from him. But I do believe that He's got to have, as you say, his own backroom staff. He's got to have the same in the players. He's got to have the same in the scouting network because if he doesn't, it's just going to lead the same way it happened to Rodgers and Lennon that it's going to end disaster and the board will just... The board will have always have the say if that's the case and we, we've got to try and get away from that because if the board keep having the say, it's never going to move on for this model that we've got. Don McKay has meant to be coming in to change all that, Ryan. Only... For the start of the season and the signings and obviously the backroom team that Big Ange is bringing with him, that will tell you whether he's just coming in just to replicate Lowell or he's going to do things his own way. That will start to tell what's happening at Celtic. You'll know within a few months whether he's just in to just really take over what Lowell's doing and just same model, same everything, or whether Don McKay will have his say and start to move things and change things different. So that's the only way we're going to find that out in the next few months, mate. I'd like to think um, that that is the case um, because it's going to happen, in my opinion. There's been too many things, too many things behind the scenes that have not went right, and 
I think behind the scenes, Harper at Celtic at the moment is going to get right, and I just hope that they've got this right with Ange. Um, obviously, he's managing Japan and stuff, and he's won a few trophies, and he's always can improve the teams he's played for. Uh, sorry, managed. Um, that's obviously going to. He's obviously got that winning mentality, winning trophies, and improving players. And for me, that's only going to be a good thing for us because that's the mentality we need at Celtic. Hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and. I think that is in contrast to a manager like Eddie Howe, who was the top priority and uh, the manager that fans were begging to have, really, and were so thoroughly disappointed when you didn't get Eddie Howe. But the biggest club that Eddie Howe has managed has been Bournemouth. They've always been a kind of little fish in a big pond, you know. Um, Their stadium fits 12,000 people, I think, but... uh, Ange has managed big clubs. He's uh, managed Melbourne Victory, the biggest club in Australia, arguably, and uh, Yokohama, who are a very uh, well-supported club. And Australia, obviously, uh, that's a kind of high-pressure environment, not uh, as high-pressure as Celtic, of course, but still a high-pressure environment. And I, I really, I think he, like you said, he wouldn't have taken the job if he didn't have assurances from the board that he would be able to implement his own style and his own philosophy. And I think in a way, this could sound this could sound really controversial and spark a bit of debate and outrage maybe, but if, uh, unless it's a disaster of the season, Celtic is going to be in the title race or leading the title race easily with three or four games to go, um, unless it's a complete disaster, shambles of a season. So I think if you end up losing the title by three three points, two points, something like that, there might be a view uh, within the boardroom that there's almost no point in sacking this guy because we know that the best is yet to come because he traditionally sometimes takes a while to implement his style of play. So, like, if the first title is already gone, we might as well keep him on for the second season because we're probably not only going to win the title, we are going to go to an absolute another level, which some... Uh, Celtic hasn't seen in years if we keep him on for as uh, long as we can. Hopefully that happens. Because that's something that, again, I don't know if he'll get time here. Um, because mm. obviously if, if we win the league this season, we get automatic Champions League group stages, which is, is massive here. I don't know if you know the, the full financial scale with the, the Champions League, but to Celtic, it's huge. It's like a guaranteed 30, 40 million. Um, and that would put us probably an hour, two or three years ahead of Rangers financially again. So ideally we wanted a 10 last season, but in a financial thing, losing the league this year, it is, it is catastrophic. It's just it's something I don't want to think of because if they're going to get 30, 40 million next season to win the league, they're going to get better players, they're going to sell more players for money because players are want to come in. It's something I don't want to think of. I do believe that we're going to start. I still believe the squad we had last season was good enough. Just things have happened behind the scenes and, again, the pressure, the 10 in a row, it's obviously caught up in the players. But I don't know if we'll get the time here again, but I do believe what Harper says that if it hasn't been one point, you go, right, they've gave it a go, one point, one goal, whatever, right, you can maybe, you can you can hack, you can hack that. But if it's the same as this season, there's not a chance you'll be there next season. There's, in my own opinion, this is bigger than the 10. People say, oh, no, you're talking crap. Um I the 10 was so important to Celtic fans worldwide, but as you say, Ryan, if we win the league this year coming, we can put Rangers back two or three years. 
you know what I mean, like financially, and put us two or three years in front. That's the difference. And to say this league title now is worth £40 million, it's not worth £3.5 million. Mm-hmm. That's next title is worth. And financial side of it, I'd rather have £40 million in the bank than the 10. I know that sounds ridiculous. We'd have all of the 10. We now need to move on for it. Um, people say, hi, we'd, we wanted the 10. But if we won the 10, just say, for instance, and we got 3.5 million and Rangers went and won the league this year, you would act, they would actually go so far in front of you and you yeah. could probably go far behind. So mm-hmm. to me, personally, I'd have loved the 10 I. It's gone now. That's it. We've got four quadruple trebles. I'd have rather had that than the 10, in my own opinion. And now I would, this is more important than the 10 because it's the financial gain that's off it. Oh, it's massively important. Um, it's, that's why I think Harper that he's got to come in and hit the ground running and I don't think he'll get time here maybe especially the first few weeks if, if there's not really any signings the fans will go so what's happening here who's signing players when's the players coming in that's just the way it is up here the fans are very how do I say ratty Random. should I say they're very angry <laughs> um, because we're used to success but last season was a very very it's a sour taste in most fans mouths um, I don't know how it was around the world, either Australia, New Zealand, or whatever. I don't know how they heard of the news back here, but if Ange does come in and do what I think he might do, he's only going to be a legend here at Celtic because if he does come in and implement that style and he does get the league next season, the fans will love him right away because after what happened last season, it's only going to help him going forward if he does win the league next season. Yeah, and wherever he's gone, basically, uh, again, different environments to Celtic, pressure, nothing like it. But he's been viewed as, dare I say, a bit of a messiah wherever he's gone. Like, just he is um, universally adored by all his fans. The Yokohama fans love him. Uh, They, like, we're so affectionate about him and uh, just yeah, c- completely cherished him. And he, like you said, he could become a legend at Celtic if he gets off to that good start. And that is a big question. Uh, if he doesn't see the squad as up to scratch, which um, I think will happen, he there's no doubt that he will be making wholesale changes. He'll be making big signings. Um, well, not necessarily big in uh, kind of big names, big expenditure, but he'll be making lots of signings. Um, and doing this rebuilding job like he has everywhere else, he, he'll gut the gut the joint, really. He'll gut the place and uh, kind of rip it up and start again. He's not afraid to do that kind of thing. But like I said, if he um, gets off to that good start, wins the title in his first season, I've got really hardly any doubt that he is going to become an icon in Celtic and Scottish football. Because there's a lot of people, Robert, that were talking about um, this 12 month long contract thing that Celtic have given people don't realise Celtic have gave long contracts to basically every single manager that's the way Celtic work they gave it to O'Neill they gave it to Rodgers when they first came in um, yep. and then Rodgers came in and also signed a three or four year deal because obviously they wanted to be honest it was the, the, the 10 in a row that was what it was to, to me that's what it seemed like it was the first manager to kind of break that mould and so for me the 12 Month long contract means absolutely nothing because that's the way Celtic work. Um, yeah, and the, the, obviously, the club assess each other whether the two of them like it. So, to me, a 12 month long contract isn't a bad thing. 
I don't think it is. Um, it's definitely something for me that doesn't bore me because it's been Celtic's model. Um, obviously, Harper, he's been managing in Japan. I know, they, I know he's, his, his team had a bit of a, a, bit of a bad defeat the other day um, for a, a, a lower league team and stuff. And a lot of people jumped on that back here saying, oh, he's been beat by this and it's not a good look for him. And stuff. But I'm like, well, up here, Celtic could beat off Ross County. Celtic could beat off lower teams before. It's happened here before. Cup games, that can happen. So for me, that's not a big... It's not a big thing for me that he's lost that because I think... He was already set in stone of coming here, so I don't think it really bothered him as a manager that that happened because he knew he was coming here anyway. Yeah, and as well, uh, that team's called Honda FC, I believe. Uh, it's in the Empress Cup, which is basically the version, uh, the Japanese equivalent of the League Cup uh, over there. And Honda FC, are, they're a fourth division team. They're an amateur team, but they are an amateur team who basically refuses to go professional. They're the biggest amateur team in the country by a mile. They'd probably be up close to, if not in the top division, if they wanted to become professional, but they don't. And uh, also, uh, Ange fielded a second-string team, basically. Um, they lost on penalties. Obviously, it's a result that he won't be pleased with, the, the, a result that the fans won't be pleased with. But I think uh, you have to kind of know the context know the context of it despite it being disappointment you have to know the context of it before you make kind of rash judgments about it albeit it is a disappointing result yeah definitely I read that when you were saying about um, I got a certain team and the players out and stuff like that so as you showed you Robert how how much people jump on stuff back here as well as soon as something happens if it's a, a result or a player they're right on people's back and again we all know it was a lot of Rangers fans that were talking about it, saying, oh, he's lost a lower league team and he's going to come here. He's got to be real Pedro Cassinia. For me, I don't think he's going to be like that at all. As Harper says, he's been a success everywhere he's went. He managed a very average Australia team and got them playing good football and good toe to with the top nations. So I'm not really worried at all about him, mate. Um, as we all know, every appointment's a, a gamble. But I do think by his attack and playing, just the way he's been speaking, the way he's took over teams... I'm all a bit excited, just it's a new a new era and it's just something to look forward to in the new season. Uh, Brendan Rodgers lost his first game to Lincoln Red Imps in a Champions League qualifier, if you remember, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes freak results, they happen. And as you said, he had a second string out. He knew he was leaving and he was going to Celtic. I don't think... No saying he wasn't wanting to win the game, obviously was, but I think his mind has somewhere else at the particular point. It was obviously a new challenge. So obviously been speaking to Celtic and stuff like that. So he's not really had the time probably to prepare for the team for mm-hmm. the game as much as he would have liked. Um, he's probably thoughts were elsewhere, as I say, isn't in a new Celtic job. I'm not really bothered about that. It's what he does at Celtic that bothers me. That's what matters to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously Harper, the last bit on Celtic, and then we'll talk about your own podcast. Um, which which what is your kind of your low-down feelings on how do you think he'll do here? To be honest, it's like I said before, it's all about the start that he has to the season. Um, in Australia, it is an overwhelming sense of excitement because it is one of the biggest moves uh, in Australian football history and easily the biggest managerial move in Australian football history. It's a move that 
Australians feel that is deserved uh, and it's been a long time coming really. People kind of expected him to go to Europe at some point, not necessarily a club the size of, Celt- the size of Celtic, uh, but, yeah, people are really excited about it. Um, I'm really excited about myself. I'm really excited about it myself and Celtic will be having 25 million more supporters when Andrew's at the club because all the Australians are going to get behind this guy uh, and the club uh, because, like I said, a bit of a messiah figure here, one of the greatest sporting minds in Australian history, not just one of the greatest football minds, one of the greatest sporting minds. He is just seen as a genius. And in terms of prediction, in terms of how it'll go, I think – Maybe this is my heart saying this over my head because I want him to do well. I think he will do well. I think he will come close to winning, if not win the title in his first season, which is the minimum expectation, of course. And then I think uh, eventually when Celtic are playing Champions League, if Angie's still around at that time, I think he will be making knockout stages uh, if he's there for long enough and uh, taking it uh, Bayern Munich and PSG, big teams, they'll be going toe-to-toe with them, maybe not winning, but certainly not parking the bus, not playing a Jose Mourinho-type football, and it'll be exciting. Uh, exciting, free-flowing, beautiful football, and it's you, you'll have an identity, really. You'll have an identity as this attacking brand of football, and that's something that I'm excited to see, and... Uh, lots of Celtics fans will be excited to see when they actually realise what this guy's all about. Hey, Robert, I've decided that's us one Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> that's us one, isn't it? It's coming home. <laughs> you better get your check, man. <laughs> I know. I better get my flights looked at for Baku in four years' time. Um, obviously, Harper, you, uh, you, your own podcast, where to uh, begin batting Australia. How obviously we've spoke before, it was in lockdown, you kind of started it and stuff. Um, I know you've interviewed like, Scott McDonald and some Olympic athletes. How did you get involved in that and how's it going for you so far? Yeah, so um, I was in my final year of uh, secondary school, high school, uh, last year in, in the midst of lockdown in about March and uh, asked my mate if he would be keen to start a podcast because my dream was to be a sports journalist, sports broadcaster type of thing and saw that as a good way to get started. Uh, got some big interviews in terms of Australian rules football and uh, association football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just been an absolute thrill doing it, been doing it for about 14, 15 months now and I've um, now working for a sports journalism website called uh, Kick360. So that's kick360.com.au. Done a few pieces for them. Uh, freelanced at a few other places as well. But uh, where do we begin the name of the podcast? It's uh, yeah, t- taken up most of my time, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. I really love doing it. It's been a blast, really, all the way through. But it's always it's always good, Robert, on it, to interview people like you've done, like guys who you you look up to your heroes and stuff, and for Harper, because that obviously does Scott McDonald. That that must be a thrill for him. Obviously, he's from Australia, and it must be a thrill to interview your heroes. And for me, sometimes you've got to kind of, I know it's only a podcast, but you've got to step back and think, I'm actually interviewing a guy who I grew up watching. And for me, that's something it makes your podcast a bit special when it's your podcast and you're able to do that. Yeah, it's really good, uh, Ryan. I- Obviously, I didn't know half I'd interviewed Scott McDonald. That must have been really good for him. Um, I think it just 
gives you an idea that you must be doing something right if these guys are willing to come on your podcast and it gives you obviously a drive then to push on to hopefully get somebody else on bigger than better for the next ones and obviously that the, you're obviously getting an audience there as well that people are listening to what you're doing so it's a bit of self-satisfaction in my own opinion and yourselves Ryan that obviously when we get people on and people say oh we really enjoyed that then you go right that's good at least we know we're on the right path no, I think that's definitely something about podcasting and a half of it. If you keep getting a wee bit of feedback, you might only be small feedback, but at least you know you're progressing yourself and you know you're doing the right things, as Robert says. Certainly. Um, yeah, and uh, we've received lots of good feedback from guests. We really try to make sure that guests enjoy themselves, have a bit of fun while... Uh, kind of diving deep into their lives and their mm. lives and their careers. We do like to have a bit of a fun. We've got a bit of quiz segment, which is a lot of fun at the end of every show, uh, which is a good time. And doing this Olympic series recently, we've been interviewing Australian athletes heading to Tokyo uh, next month uh, about really what what they're doing, what their sport is. We've had a whole range of sports, which is really interesting. It's been interesting to get to know about Taekwondo and Slalom, slalom Kurnuing and uh yeah, all kinds of different things. It's yeah, it's great, and I've really uh, I'm still pinching myself to, uh, that I'm interviewing some of these names because 15 months ago I would have never seen something like this being in my life. Yeah, some of I mean, Robert, um, some of the guys we've done, we've done some actors and some kind of well-known players and stuff. And for me and Robert, it's we've only been doing this for like a year now as well, so. It's something you did take satisfaction that just interview these guys for them to say yes and come on. And you've interviewed athletes and now we're doing a podcast with Robert, so it's big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I appreciate the kind words, guys. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a big thrill doing it and it's an honour to have all these people on the show. And you realise that kind of, although they are these superstars, uh, everyone's just a person really and they're, down to earth uh, and they're willing to talk to you. They're just like an everyday person with a kind of extraordinary job and they're a bit more famous than everyone else. But yeah, it's just great to speak to people like them. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Robert, um, the last wee bit on obviously Harper and Ange, it's just been good to kind of get a bit of lowdown off Harper because as we've seen, we don't really know much about him. Um, yeah. Harper, and obviously, really and, and obviously your, your last thoughts on Ange, Robert, which you can take on obviously... What Harper said about him, man, your own opinion? Um, I'm just hoping the guy comes in, as Harper says, if he hits the ground running and gets the signings that he would like for his style of play, then I don't see why he can't be a success. Um, I think we're wanting to go in a new direction. and With Ange, it's looking like that's the di- direction we're going to go in. So he's got my full backing. Um, I'd just like to thank Harper for coming on. and I think he's gave us a good insight. Um, and what sort of style he plays and what sort of character he is um, and I hope he's got all success for his podcasting No, definitely Robert, I echo what you've said, um, Harper we really appreciate you morning, giving us a lowdown on Ange and your own podcast as well hope you can uh, kind of fire away with it. keep getting good interviews and hopefully see you stardom soon mate with the rest is <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on the show, it's been yeah, pleasure really, it's gone better than I ever would have expected to go. You guys run a great show and uh, I'll make sure to give it a plug, tell all my mates about it because you guys really run a tight ship here and it's really 
good listening and good viewing on the YouTube channel. And yeah, keep up the great work, guys. It's been a pleasure being on the show. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Harper. And again, mate, keep safe, keep well, and um, hopefully we'll get you back on again soon, mate. Take care. Take care. No worries at all. Thanks, mate. Yeah, mate. Bye bye. To fly